Dueling Genre Productions presents. Oh my god, do you see that? When a freak accident strikes McKinney City, ordinary citizens are given amazing abilities. I can move things with my mind. Oh my god, I'm flying. I can fly. I can teleport and I can fly. Super senses. What, like Daredevil? We are just playing fast and loose with this whole science thing today, aren't we? Now, there are villains. Billy, when you have an arch nemesis, do you just kill them immediately? No. You tie the ropes just loose enough so that they can keep escaping. That way, when you finally do win the day, you can sleep well knowing that you rose to the challenge. Your brain works differently than other people's, doesn't it? And heroes. Leah Markowitz, Gwendolyn Allen, Jeffrey Gibson, Mindy Gibson, Simon Holt, Splendid, you're all here. I'm going to make you all into superheroes. Screw it. Let's go save the day. The Powerful. After I drain everyone here, McKinney City will be mine. I'm going to show this whole city what real passion truly is. And the underdogs. You're all imagining me as a singing, dancing chipmunk right now, aren't you? The people in that store need help, and we can help them in a way no one else can. We have great power, which means they're our responsibility. I mean, Jesus, what's the point of having five freaking Spider-Man movies if we can't even learn to do that? Geek by Night, an original podcast series about five friends running a comic book store with superpowers. You're really going to keep running a comic book shop while trying to be superheroes? It might not always be easy, but I think the world could use a few more underdogs. Available at DuelingGenre.com and podcast apps everywhere. Dueling Genre everyone and welcome to the protagonist podcast where each week we look at a great character in a great story except when we don't this week we're talking about thanksgiving and andrew who doesn't love thanksgiving uh turkeys okay that's uh, a valid point (laughs) and cranberries they're not big fans you know in the run of all the holidays there's something special about one where it's like hey everyone stop and be thankful i think that's that's something special yes i (laughs) I I do enjoy Thanksgiving, and I don't feel that terrible about buying a frozen turkey at the store <laughs> and and then consuming it. You know, and we we've had some fun with our special episodes where uh, we play games uh, to to create some some crazy pitches of things. Uh, we've built a Mount Rushmore fear for Halloween. Uh, we we do our Christmas special episode where you give us titles and Todd and I would make up plots for un, never seen at least by us uh, Christmas specials. Uh, but for Thanksgiving, we decided what we do this year is we'd have uh, our guests uh, from the last couple months record for us a snippet of something they're thankful for in when it comes to storytelling and we left it open-ended so what's going to follow is a sequence of um a number of our our guests uh from from the last little while just letting us know you know things that are special to them or things that resonate with them with the world of storytelling but before we get to our guest andrew is there anything you're thankful for i just really want to express some appreciation and gratitude for not only our listeners, but also our guests and just everyone who has been involved with the protagonist podcast. Um, We have been doing it for years at this point, which is 
crazy <laughs> to think about that the first episode, you know, dropped in what January of 2014. Yeah, this is our fifth year of podcasting. So this this episode should be our 258th episode of the Protagonist Podcast. Yeah, and that is a lot of stuff. And we probably wouldn't have done it if we didn't get some some excellent guests to come on over time. And also a lot of great listeners who have interacted, um, donated through Patreon and bought topics for us to discuss or made um, non-paid for suggestions, which we've, which we've also um, picked up on. So everyone who has, you know, downloaded an episode and listened to it. And um, if you've shared it on Facebook or anything like that, or, or told somebody about it, you know, all of those kinds of things, just really, really grateful that anybody has done any of that ever, because it's pretty phenomenal. And it's allowed us to, to keep doing it for an extended period of time at this point. I mean, five years is, a rock solid run and we are going to keep going with it. Like I'm not saying goodbye and thank you. I'm saying thank you. And and we're going to keep it up. And also um, the people at dueling genre, Scott Corelli in particular being the, the main guy for dueling genre for, you know, making us part of a network a while back and, and all of the, the benefits that came from that and the extra people that we've been able to meet. Um, yeah. Like those are things that I'm definitely grateful for. Yeah, uh, I'd also like to give a, a special shout out to Todd Mack, uh, host of the first 200 episodes and most frequent guest since the first 200 episodes. <laughs> He's still a part of the protagonist podcast. And it was his email that got this project started where he said, hey, Joe, do you want to start a podcast? <laughs> um, that, <laughs> so thankful to Todd. Thankful to you, Andrew. Um, I'm sure most of our listeners knows because we made reference to it, but you do all the editing. And so this is 258 episodes of editing. I mean, Andrew, just think about it. That's 258 hours of finalized audio that you have produced for us. I, I'm sure it's more than doing. Well, it's, it's significantly more than that. We've run long more than we've run short. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's, that's fair. So thank you, Andrew, for your role in uh, both jumping on to episodes as a co-host or uh, just, just flying in occasionally with some insights that always add a nice spice to the, to the episodes, but then also your role behind the scenes. Um, in editing each one of these episodes. And like you, also very thankful to Scott Corelli and Dueling Genre for hosting us and for listeners. When we started this podcast, we literally didn't know if we were just going to get three downloads and it was going to be Todd, Andrew, and myself. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that is kind of what we got for the first couple episodes uh, as we were trying to gain traction. And it's been wonderful to gain some traction and to have listeners who not only download the episodes, but also engage on Facebook. Even clicking like is enough of an engagement to make us feel like this is worthwhile. But then also sharing the posts or adding comments uh, after they've listened. We appreciate all of that. So thank you, listeners. And I also wanted to say thank you for some of the uh, suggestions that we've had, either from guests who are coming on or from patrons who asked us to cover a topic or from uh, listeners who just say, hey, you should do this, where we've picked up on some texts that we would not have read or watched otherwise. So uh, I was just glancing through, this is just from the last little while, but um, the novel, The Girl Who Drank the Moon, which is an episode that's actually going to be dropping a little after this, but we recorded it uh, a little while ago. That was a great novel that was suggested by listeners. Uh, The novel Till We Have Faces was a listener or a patron request, I'm pretty sure, that um, just has stuck with Todd and I, and I I think also you, Andrew, as a really great text. Uh, The TV show Jane the Virgin, that was... um, guest Hannah was coming on and uh, we we asked her uh, specifically to come on 
to to talk about one thing and she said can i also do jane the virgin i was like well i haven't seen it but sure and that became a show that my wife and i watched all of as our binge show uh it is just such a great show and it's because of uh, a request that we found it similarly the graphic novel shadow hero or the film ikuru or the um xkcd time storyline uh the the Full Metal Alchemist. Andrew, I know you knew that one well before, but I never actually engaged with it before doing an episode of it on this podcast, and I really enjoyed Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, the novel Weird Sisters or the, the movie Sing Street, those are just a few of the movies, comics, uh, books, and TV shows that I came to because someone said, hey, you should do an episode on that. So thank you for all those suggestions. And I know we have suggestions that we just have not gotten to. Um, there's so much material out there and uh, it'll take us a while to get to it, but we do appreciate every one of those suggestions that we get. So please keep those coming. Uh, but for now, we're going to turn the time over to uh, some, some of our guests and let them share uh, their thoughts about things they are thankful for when it comes to storytelling. But thank you again, listeners, and, for this episode. Oh. And I'm just going to, before the guests come in, I'm just going to give... I don't know, a disclaimer, a warning, an indicator. Um, these have been recorded over the last several months with a lot of different guests in a lot of different recording setups. Um, so this is not going to be the most consistent 45 minutes of audio you've ever <laughs> consumed from the protagonist podcast. Yeah. We, we um, made, uh, any single episode, as long as it's consistent for that episode, you get used to it pretty quickly, but every five minutes or so, you might be getting a slightly different, slightly different sound quality in my voice and in the guest voice as well. Yeah. And some of it comes to the recording setup, setup. Um, some of it is locations. Some of it is the distance from microphones or, but, or did Joe have a cold that week when the guest was on and it suddenly sounds really jarring. <laughs> yeah. But on the upside, every single one of these, is something that you've already heard in an episode before as far as setup. So it shouldn't be too unfamiliar. Yeah. All right. Well, let's turn the t turn it over to our guests. Todd Mack, one of the originators of the protagonist podcast. Welcome back for this Thanksgiving special. And uh, with all uh, the people who we've been able to get to participate in this, we're just asking the question, what is some aspect of storytelling of great characters and great stories that you are thankful for? Um, this year. I, so I really love a good character and a, I mean, a great character and a great story. Um, I also really love as, you know, people who have listened to the podcast know, I love talking about it with people. And, uh, and one of the great things that's happened in my life recently is that I've been able to start um, sharing more of some of the great characters and great stories uh, with my kids, things that I've been kind of holding out until they got a little bit older um, so just in the last year we've done, we did a Harry Potter, uh, marathon. We've done, um, a star Wars marathon. We watched all the star Wars movies from, uh, from beginning to end. And then, uh, we did Lord of the Rings the other day. And, and now we're going through some of the, the Marvel MCU films and it's just, um, delightful it's just as good as i would hoped that it would be <laughs> and uh and i love that like i love seeing the light in my kids eyes when um you know when something happens i love when they get a little bit scared and they come and snuggle up next to me and they say this is a scary part and i say it's okay the you know the good guys are going to come back and then they do and um and then we talk about it and we talk about different characters and choices that they make and 
uh, it's just been so, so fun and, um, makes me, uh, it just brings a lot of joy to me and makes me grateful for that aspect of stories. Oh, your kids are a little older than mine, so I'm not quite there yet with Lord of the Rings, uh, or, or, or the MCU film. I have gone all in on star Wars with them. So I, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I remember very vividly when my, uh, my oldest was starting to read and, or listen to the audiobooks of Harry Potter. And it was just like, Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah. Like, like you said, like it's, it's like passing on great stories and seeing it, um, impact, uh, uh, you know, my kids, that is one of my favorite things about, about storytelling, uh, and, and you know, the stories that I love. And I, I don't think that's ever going to get old <laughs> for, for me yeah. to say, Oh, you know, slide a book across to my daughter. Like, just, just try this one. See if you like it. Um, <laughs> they may not all take, but when, when they do connect, it's, it's something magical. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting, especially when you have multiple kids that span the, an age range, it's hard. Cause you know, your oldest is probably okay for, you know, some of this stuff. And your youngest is like, well, oh. thankfully my youngest is a seven-year-old boy and he's all boy. He's the one that he's the one that's begging me to watch the Meg. And when, <laughs> when we watch the, when we watch the abridged version of, um, of Jurassic park, uh, that was a fallen kingdom. Um, and I was fast forwarding like all the, all the yucky parts. He's like, dad, I want to see what happened. I want to see that guy get his arm ripped off. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I think we can watch Lord of the Rings now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. I, 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 I kind of go back and forth on this and then I'm like, when I was a kid, I was watching stuff, you know? Yeah. And, and I think about it now and I'm like, man, I don't know if I was old enough to watch that, but I was. And so, um, and it, it, I, you know, I haven't had any kids telling me they can't sleep at night. Well, just a couple of times, but I'm like, it, you'll be all right. You That's know? fairly normal. <laughs> you, need that too. You, yeah. you need to be on that edge every now and then. But man, it's just been so much fun to talk about these stories with them and, uh, and talk about characters and um, talk about some of the problems with the films. Although we're not like super critical. I know some people that are uh, that like take joy in, in watching films and kind of ripping them apart with their kids. And I'm like, why would you do that? Just enjoy, you know, <laughs> there's so much great stuff. Uh, and, uh, and it's been really fun. And when we start, every time we start one of these things, my kids are like, Oh, this is going to be boring. Uh, and then, and then halfway through we're having these great conversations and like, okay, this is pretty good. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. So there's a lot to be grateful for with stories, but that's what I'm grateful for this year. All right. Well, thank you uh, for coming in on this episode, Todd. Thank you. All right. We're here with Virginia McAllister and I'm giving you the same kind of open-ended question. I've been giving our other guests. What is something about story or storytelling that you are thankful for? I am thankful for story because it's why I'm a McAllister, because I met my husband through a great story, through Battlestar Galactica. We were both fans of the show, and we met each other um, actually on a Battlestar Galactica forum chat room <laughs> when the show was running, and um, and we were both so drawn to 
what a powerful story it was. And you just had to seek out other people to talk to about it because it was so powerful. Um, and so, you know, we became friends and years later, now we're very happily married. We're celebrating our fourth anniversary tomorrow, tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so yeah. that I, I'm very thankful to a great story for bringing my husband and I together. Yeah, I think um, there's something very communal about storytelling, right? Uh, where a lot of people uh, lament that you know community isn't the same, but storytelling still seems to be something that unites. You know, for, where you you find um, common ground with a wider yeah. swath of people, and in this case, like a very personal connection. But uh, just also on the global level, I think there's something very unifying about about good storytelling. Yeah, well, and I th- I think we see this a lot today with, you know, like I look at my kids, and it's all about the communities that spring up around the entertainers or the shows the or the music, the fandoms. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really their closest friends are out of those communities, which I can actually very much, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of sympathize with and, uh-huh. and understand because I went through the same thing. But, um, you know, to kind of see that today, but um, to see it creates these really close bonds when you find people who share that common interest with you in a certain type of story mm-hmm. or a certain type of genre or entertainment. Um, and, and I've heard, you know, people do their studies about it now and, you know, and looking about it, looking at it um, for kids today, you know, so it helps me understand my children better to, yeah. you know, understand um, that bond that you create over a common interest in, you know, any type of entertainment or storytelling. Well, thank you, Virginia, for having been a guest on the podcast. And thank you for jumping onto this Thanksgiving special to share some of your thoughts. You're welcome. All right. Well, we're here with a regular guest and all-star guest, Kirsten Christensen. And Kirsten, the question is, what is something about storytelling or story that you are thankful for? So I am actually thankful for um, book social media because um, thanks to I know Goodreads is the really popular one. I'm actually a library thing fan because I tend to back things that are less popular. But I have discovered so many amazing, amazing books, both fiction and nonfiction, through social media, through algorithms of, you know, I can search tags, I can search just anything that I want that's that's just really amazing. Um, I can find it really, really easily. And, you know, these days I read very few books that aren't just completely amazing and life-changing to the point where I'm like, maybe I should read more mediocre books like I used to read just because maybe there's some mediocrity missing in my life. But um, we were just barely talking about The Girl Who Drank the Moon, which is something that I read um, about a year ago. I didn't know anything about it other than, you know, a couple people had mentioned they read it and it came up on recommendations. And then it had like over four stars on library thing, which I'm like, really, really? Could anything be that good? And I'm always very um, skeptical. And then I read it. I'm like, it was that good. How could anyone have known? I was like, oh, right. Those hundreds of people who gave it really high stars. Um, And it's a fabulous book and not something I probably would have come across on my own necessarily. Um, And so I'm just really, really grateful to be in an information rich society where there are so, so, so many different ways that you can find really amazing media and where it doesn't have to be just the bestsellers and just the big popcorn films, but you could just approach things from so many directions. So even as a librarian, you don't miss the days of card catalogs where it's like, what am I going to find in this drawer well, you that know, I pull out? <laughs> I, okay, but you, you joke about that. Anything I can find in a card catalog, I can find online because I still know how to do browse searching. So yeah. Um, 
I do remember going to the library and I went through like a popular physics phase for a while and I read a bunch of like books about the Manhattan Project and stuff. And some of them, you know, all very interesting, um, but some of them I probably wouldn't read now. And so now I'm like, and of course, now I work in an academic library where our physics section is much, much larger and much less pop <laughs> denser yes than a than a um but i you know and, and like i like i kind of joked like maybe i do need a little bit more mediocrity in my life but um overall there's so many things that i would never have found never have come across you know obscure films foreign films um and and you know things from genres that i don't normally read um that i'm i'm just really grateful to be able to kind of plunge my hand into the soup of data and pull out something amazing every time. Yeah, I, I mean, just on a, on a much smaller scale, one of the things I've loved about this podcast is when listeners recommend something or patrons say, I'd like you to do this episode. It's like, well, that wasn't even on the radar. And then we do it like, this is great. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. going to be binging this show. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, something like that. And I, and I think you and Todd... Um, and to a certain extent, Andrew both talked about when you first started the show that y- you all had things you were interested in, but you also had very, very strong overlaps just because you were friends and had similar interests and had shared things. And so, um, and, and so you did have in good ways, very strong overlaps. You know, you all love Star Wars and you all love Lord of the Rings and that's great because those are really important pop things. But yeah, then to take things that are, a little bit outside your area, like Miss Fisher's that you'd heard of, but I had got around to or way outside your area that you'd never heard of at all. Um, I, I, that's a, that's a really lovely way of kind of breaking down the cultural silos into which we, into which we kind of put ourselves where all, where we read and watch the things, listen to the things that our friends are reading and watching, listening to, or their families reading, listening to, and kind of, um, inadvertently, you know, create those silos mm-hmm. that don't necessarily need to exist. But then when you, when you have, people from outside those silos suggesting things or when you're actively looking for them and getting recommendations from outside those silos. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. you know, I, I have this weird situation where whenever I look forward to um, a franchise film or something, I'm often disappointed because they're not all great. And I will literally, like, I'll genuinely get depressed. Like, I didn't, I didn't see Men in Black International, but I was, like, legitimately depressed that it was not good because I had, like, really high hopes for it. And then the, 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 you know, critics' reviews just weren't good enough for me to, um, for me to bother with it. But I, I forget that for, for every, you know, big franchise movie that kind of is a disappointment to me, there's going to be something small indie that I'm going to love that is not even on my radar um, mm-hmm. until it shows up. And then it's just really amazing and lovely. Yeah, I really like uh, how you said that, you know, this actually is opening doors for you. Because I think there is the possibility um, online to have your love of fandom become so deep. And oh, which sure. is a deep sure, com- sure. community that it really does become like a singular. Uh, and like what you said, a silo. Like you could definitely go enter a Star Wars silo of fandom. And there's so much material there. And also other fans that talk about it with it. You never have to leave that silo. Yeah. Um, but using the same you know, internet, you can also open all these doors and discover new things. Yeah, I'm and I'm someone who um, does not really care about trailers in the sense of getting information from them, like in a franchise, like I'm not, you know, I'm every now and then I'll stumble into a part of the internet that's like, talking about, um, you know, super analyzing like a Star Wars trailer or, or another franchise or Marvel trailer. And I'm just like, guys, the film's gonna come out, and then we're gonna know, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you, why are you putting yourself? And the, the thing that gets me is like, there seems to be so much misery. Like, when people it's not are, what you predicted, it's or... not what you want, or you're not sure if it's going to be. Yeah. People are so, so, so invested, yeah. and I'm just like, but you seem like you're going to be so sad. Like, you have your hopes up so high, or you're upset that you know this thing isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be. I'm definitely a like, 
you know, I, I like trailers in the sense of finding this that something's coming out. So like as we record this, um, uh, Little Women is coming out in December. And that's been building some. I thought you were going to say cats, and you're like so excited for the creepy cat creatures. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about cats. Um, you know, so there's something, but like in terms of what the new Star Wars movie is going to be like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to analyze. You know, I I I will see it when I see it. And then I will know what it says. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to analyze the trailer, you know, to figure out the tea leaves of the mm-hmm. film. But that's just that's just you know where I operate. And and like I said, um, I I again I see so much misery that seems to come <laughs> from it that I don't understand why you would make yourself miserable if you had the choice to not make yourself <laughs> miserable. For example, I am not miserable about Star Wars on a consistent basis. <laughs> you too can join me. Join me on the light side of the non-misery about franchises. Um but you know, I I don't mean to I don't mean to put down people's interests and what they care about. I just yeah, for some people, they they're absolutely going to find fulfillment in those silos, like yeah. and, and and community that they're, right. they're lacking. I think that's validation one thing is, in their misery. Well, I think I think there's one thing that is often missing is uh, a sense of community and other aspects of their life. Sure. So in fandoms, they're able to find that. For what it's worth, I feel the same way about sports. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are we all choosing to be miserable? <laughs> Um, that's probably a topic for another day. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and uh, sharing something you're thankful for in, in the world of storytelling. Henry Dorowski, you've been a guest on the podcast more than once, and we like to talk about great characters and great stories. What is it about storytelling that you're thankful for? Okay, so I decided I'll just take this in kind of two different directions. Um, first, I guess I'll talk about escapism, which, I mean, life is hard, right? <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, with some works, they're just, you can kind of just take a break. So I say I'm thankful for that. Obviously, I was just here talking about Huck Finn, which obviously, if you want to dig deep into it, there's a lot about your own life that you could confront with that text. Um, but just like it's entertaining to read just stuff like that. I mean, I was raised on star Wars and I always just, even now as an 18 year old, I love to go and just rewatch it. And, you know, if I just ever need a break, um, I'm still down with that. Yeah. As you, yeah. As a not I think 18 I, year old. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just those good works that are just fun and comforting and, you can always just sort of take solace in them whenever, you know, life gets hard. So I say I'm thankful for the escapist side of it. Um, but I'm then the exact opposite. I think I'm very thankful for the um, the stories that challenge you and sort of make you reflect on who you are and, you know, your behavior. Um, and, they, you know, challenge your beliefs and whatever. I uh, Last summer, I guess I'll talk about this. I was reading or I read The Brothers Karamazov, which is you know, a Russian novel, philosophical text. Um, and it, it brings up a ton of questions, you know, obviously about life and freedom and suffering and God and existentialism. And I think there's something very, very valuable in being able to engage with the work and then to feel like it helps you become more sure of your personal beliefs or your world look or your worldview um, as you engage with it. And it brings up questions that Maybe you've never thought of before or in, you know, figuring out this whole life thing you've you've just never considered. And it, it challenged you and you have to make answers for those things and sort of be able to read or watch something or, you know, go see something and then be able to see the world in a different way. Um, you know, just because after what you've seen has been so profound or something like that. And 
works that sort of change you in that way and that uh, you're just you're different after them than before. I'm thankful for those works even more than I am for the the words that are just fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm thankful for the works that make me um, contemplate those big, deep questions. And yeah, yeah just I'm thankful for uh, that, that side of things. Yeah. I mean, if uh, kind of what you're saying, I think there's great value in works that can just make you laugh or give you a good time. Yeah. And there's great ver, uh, value in works that give you some of that profundity. Yeah. Yeah. So mostly that Russian lit. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, thank yeah. you, Henry. Thank you. We are back with Lena English uh, here. And Lena, this is for our Thanksgiving special. So is there any aspect of storytelling, be it a franchise, be it just what stories mean to you that, that you're thankful for? Um, I think that is quite an open-ended question. Um, I think that just in general, the ability to tell a story is such a talent because not everybody has it. And I've read a lot and I've listened a lot and I've I've talked to a lot of people and some people can just really tell that story minimally with the most impact and you are just, you're desperate for more of it or you're rolling on the floor laughing and other people you're just like, yeah, that was interesting. And so when you find a story or a series of stories that resonates with you because it it hits those points for you, I guess it has those aspects that you you can tell your soul needs or your soul connects with. There's something about that that is just irreplaceable. And whether it's, you know, verbally or reading or or even songs sometimes there's you just don't get that everywhere. You don't get that fulfillment everywhere. And to have that around you, to have to be surrounded by stories like that that you like is just really is is really a positive thing. And we all I think we all should have that ability to be surrounded by stories that we enjoy. I like that a lot. Um and to, and think about like what a uh integral part storytelling is to like our economy. <laughs> like it is big business. Oh yeah. I, and one of the reasons is not everyone is good at it. <laughs> and so those people who <laughs> are good storytellers. Are too good at it. Yeah. Like, like the, there's um, some, it's something we crave and like we, we financially reward those who are good storytellers um, with yeah. our, you know, with, with money, but also like with we give likes. them our time and, and, yeah. and yes, our, our likes, like we give them our attention and our time. And uh, I, I think it's, um, I, I like how you said, like, just the ability to tell a story well is it is a skill. And I, I don't mind rewarding those who like who captivate me. Yeah, yeah. Who are good at One it. One of my favorite authors right now is Leanne Moriarty. And she wrote the what became the HBO special Big Little Lies. And she's written, I mean, like a dozen books or something. And they all have this common thread, I guess, where there's multiple points of view that get introduced separately. And then you slowly figure out how they're all connected. You know, this person's related, that person's friends, these people used to date or something like that, you know, coworkers. And as the story progresses, they slowly get closer and the circle gets smaller and smaller. They get closer and closer together until they're basically all the same story at the end. And I just think I respect that so much because she is not just telling one forward story. She's basically telling it in a circle because sometimes sometimes it's when 
uh, time moves forward and each each uh, point of view moves it forward a little bit. And sometimes that takes place at the same time. And to keep all of that straight and to keep the story interesting and intriguing and then to end on this climax where everyone, sometimes 10 or 12 characters are involved is just it's just mind boggling to me. And I have enjoyed every one of her books because she just has such a way of telling these stories that you get invested in the characters. You want to know how it works out. You almost want to be their friends in real life. You think that's someone that I connect with and I want to meet them. And it's just amazing because so many times, even just a, a one point of view moving forward story doesn't captivate you as much. Oh, well, thank you very much for sharing some thoughts with us, Lena. And uh, we'll have to have you on the podcast again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm here with Mattathias Westwood. You've been with us a couple times on the show, and this is for our Thanksgiving special. So what is some element of storytelling or pop culture that you're thankful for? Yeah, so um, I am a story omnivore. Um, I grew up in a family with lots of storytelling and watching great movies and reading and, you know, listening to radio specials and things like that. Um, Prairie Home Companion and a lot of those classic kind of serial things um, and going to the library all the time. And I just absolutely love stories. I think one of the things that I'm most thankful for is how stories help me process my identity and my place in community um, and connection to the past um, and to, you know, how I fit in, how I relate to other people around me. Um, and cause stories just provide so much richness to that and help me see how other people have grappled with the same experiences and questions of identity and who, you know, who, who are you really? Yeah. I, I like that a lot because I think sometimes when we talk about story and we often say it helps us to empathize with others, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it can also help us to understand ourselves. Yeah. A lot of times. Yeah. yeah. And those those really are related, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That that as we understand others, we understand ourselves better. Um, and I think story provides something that we really can't get anywhere else. And so I hope that we are always the kind of people who can really, you know, dig in and, and take the most out of the stories around us to understand ourselves and then seek to, to make the world better around us. Yeah. I think that sometimes we hear people complain about like um, so much of entertainment is frivolous. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and a lot of times they're, they're saying like, these are all just disposable stories, but I think there there's a lot of value in engaging yeah. with story. Yeah. And as someone who, you know, grew up imagining myself, you know, on Hoth and <laughs> on the, the forest moon of Endor um, and fitting myself into even what many might see as one of the more frivolous franchises. <laughs> How dare um, you? How dare you? <laughs> but I, I think that these stories provide a lot of power and meaning um, for us, even that when they might seem to be you know, yeah. lighter entertainment. And I'm even seeing that like as, as a parent. I see my kids engaging with things like Star Wars, like stories mm-hmm. that I engage with as as a kid um, and I still engage with as an adult. And it's it like, I find my understanding of these stories and the value of these stories is just shifting as my life status changes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Mattathias. Thank you as always. Happy Thanksgiving. So we are here with semi-regular guest, Sarah Santana. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. And of course. And prompt question is, uh, what is something you are thankful for when it comes to stories or storytelling? 
Actually, it's going to be kind of in that same vein, but uh, I wanted to say I'm thankful for libraries. Because I I think a lot of people think libraries are disappearing. And they're really, like, they're actually kind of saving me at the moment because I do have a blog. I do talk about books a lot and it's been a very expensive habit. Uh, when my boyfriend and I moved out and got an apartment, I'm up to like four bookshelves and they're just like books everywhere, just falling off the shelves. And, you know, a lot of them I haven't read cause I've heard they were good, but I never, you know, I bought them and then never read them. And, uh, I'm now up to, I think six library cards just of different cities around me. And it's really given me the opportunity to, read books that I maybe haven't had a chance to because I couldn't afford to read them and, you know, uh, try books that I've heard good things about, but maybe didn't like so much and um, without having to break my bank on there. And um, I've also met a lot of really great people from those libraries that have, have recommended great books for me and, and who have supported my blog over the years. And so I got to sh- like do a shout out to libraries because I just think people, a lot of people think they're disappearing, but they're still so, so, so important. What a great answer. I love this so much. Um, Thank you. And I've got, I, I've got young kids and one of their favorite things is when I say like after school, like, okay, we're going to the library and they just get so excited and they get more books than they could possibly read. And I, right. I have a hard time saying it's, no. It's, it's that like, idea of going like, to hey, a library. You, you can, you can't, there's no limit at a library. Whereas I remember going to like a bookstore as a kid and my dad being like, okay, you can get like one because books are expensive and libraries don't have that that li- that limit and now that you can get ebooks too i find myself like on my library app just borrowing like 10 books and i know i'm probably not going to read them but i'm just so excited at the possibility of being able to read all those books oh yeah even um so so we are our, our local library uses overdrive for the library app and it has the right. audiobook section and my daughter's account like she has a phone she can use sometimes when she gets screen time but it has the overdrive app and like my whole list gets filled with audiobooks she wants to listen to <laughs> right um, you know that because well like you said uh books are expensive audiobooks even more so uh right. are, are expensive so but i love it when i see like okay she's she's gonna try the hobbit that's on her whole list and I, like i didn't tell her you need to go read it. Like it's just something that she put on. I love seeing what, what crops up right. that she's going out and, and hunting for those audiobooks. And when we go to the library, she's at an age now where I can just say, okay, you go upstairs to, you know, the, the middle grade section and you go see what you can find. And she like, sometimes she's like uh, a laser. Like she knows what she wants. She goes and types in what she wants. But other times, you know, they've got the wall of like recommended readings for the librarians. And she just looks at the covers and like looks at the back and, and discovers something because a librarian took the time right. to put it out there. And that's just uh, one of the delightful parts said, of libraries. There's, there's more opportunity there to like discover things because there's less of like almost like a less of a risk when I go to a bookstore, if I'm going to buy a book, like I want to make sure it's something that I, I know I'm going to like, cause it's spending like $20 on it. But when I go to the library, I can spend more time there and I can take chances on books. Maybe I wouldn't have taken chances on before from like an unknown author. Cause I wasn't sure if I wanted to buy it, but I borrowed it and then ended up falling in love with the book. So yeah, the, the library has done the, a lot for me and then you can immediately find other books by that author there when you find an author right and then usually at that point that's when i spend the money (laughs) and that's when i their books fill my shelves because i can never stop completely but like i said it's it's been great to 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 discover new books and to try new books because you know there's there's that ability to yeah i'm familiar with the addiction of which you speak um about buying buying (laughs) (laughs) too many books too many books yeah, it is an expensive habit to have. It definitely is. Uh, it's definitely one that I have. 
All right. Well, thank you for uh, stopping by for this Thanksgiving episode. And thank you for every time that you come on the podcast. We always appreciate having you. Of course. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for joining us. For show notes and links to all the other great Dueling Genre shows, go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice, and please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We would like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, we just invite you to go spend time with the family that you're avoiding by listening to the, this episode during the week of Thanksgiving. <laughs> just go, go enjoy some special time with your loved ones. Uh, but also... Tell them about the Protagonist Podcast. That would make us extra thankful. Spread the word. You can reach us by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter. You can follow at protagonistpod or at jdorowski. And our producer, Andrew, is at this minute. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. Thank you again for listening. And we'll be back next week to discuss another great character in a great story. So long. That wrap, wrap, <clears throat> that wraps up this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I had to give you a, a, a blooper. <laughs>